Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group, and joining me is Associate Hannah Garcia. Hello, everybody. Today, we're wrapping up the week of January 22nd in Austin politics, and it's been an active one, as was yeah, kind of carrying into last or from last week, right? Friday, had, last Friday had a lot of news, and I think that carried over into Monday and on, so we can get to it. We had um, some change, you know, some kind of a, how'd you, how'd you classify it? I mean, honestly, I think we can call it a little bit, a little bit of drama. Yeah. It was, it was like a tele, telenovela. Yeah. Like, like, it was like the uncle from out of nowhere, has been gone 20 years, we've been gone 20 years and all of a sudden pops up. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, Acevedo, the way he's, he's very vocal. And so I think he definitely um, lends himself to the word drama. He was, you know, He's had some issues in um, um, his previous cities that he's worked in, you know, both Houston and Austin, the city of Miami, um, as well as Aurora, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so um, him coming back here, I think, definitely um, reminded a lot of people of some old you know, wounds, potentially, or some old issues that they had had, potentially, with Acevedo, specifically around sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um and to clarify too, it was you know it was something I mean I think most people had forgotten about. It was like five years ago, but it was it was the depart. It was when he in his time as chief of Austin police and the lengthy backlog of of of, of a rape sex kit case, of uh, kits that were yeah. just that were backlogged. What was that word? I yeah, mean, and a significant amount. Yeah, and we've I think you know the the staffing issue um, with Austin police didn't you know start. Overnight, it was a it was a process, and that that also included under Acevedo's tenure. Um, so there just wasn't enough staff, and there wasn't enough funding to um, uh, test all of these at the rate that needed to be. And I think, um, you know, there is no there is no s- person that is solely responsible for this, but under his leadership, because it happened, um, you know, there was a lot of, of backlash. There was additionally a lawsuit, uh, as well as the city had to publicly apologize legally. And mm-hmm. we're legally mandated to, and, and they've apologized again on Tuesday. I was like, yeah, it was coincidentally, because I did. I thought that was more of a reaction. I saw a post in the council message board, mm-hmm. and that was in the re- BG reads. I thought that was, in some way, in part because of the announcement of of his, of, of uh, Chief Acevedo's potential rehire of the city that prior Friday. But it was, in, in fact, it happened to be the two year anniversary. Or it was a two-year anniversary, two-year anniversary. Of, of the first, of the original apology and the settlement and everything else. Yeah. So you couldn't it just you couldn't you couldn't uh, write this stuff right. Like this is it all the alignment of how it happened was yeah. a a lot for for the first two days of the, of the week. And then mm-hmm. I think as well, you know, we're getting to this, but just uh, you know the scene tying into the scene manager, the current interim scene manager Garza, and also the scene manager search. Right, I think this will definitely have ripples into that. And I think. We'll come back though to, to just the you know, the announcement, the potential announcement of Osvaldo's rehiring. I think one of the things that caught me was in reading different, and obviously it's social media to take it for what it was. But you know, we don't have um, j- just reading comments from people because there are a lot of folks who there's still this view for leading this from social media, various social media accounts. Um, what I saw in comments about the chiefs or former chiefs potential rehiring where people still view this council, or at least the city of Austin council, and it wasn't this council that made the, those votes, as being anti-police, that the, the, the city, the, via, 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 via the council, 
defunded the police and all the things going on, all the problems we're having now are because of these votes. Now, again, this council, I don't think, none of, there weren't, by and large, this is a different council, right? But it's this view, I mean, there are folks who are really celebrating the chief coming back, right? And so, you know, we're in the inside of a lot of things. And I think it's, you know, there's how, we, just what we see and know and, I think more objectively in the facts, but there's what how the world sees things and in politics, perception, it might, it might as well be reality a lot of times, right? And there are folks who, you know, just they had that view like, wow, like it's good he's back. And honestly, the more that council didn't like him, it, it really, uh, you know, it was empowering for a lot of people. Yeah, um, I, I think that too, but I think from the standpoint of, of insiders looking in, I I had a lot of questions about how this would affect the org chart, kind of what was... Which the... you had just redone. Yes, yes. So I'm I'm very familiar with it. I've spent a lot of time looking at the org chart. And so I, I had a lot of questions about how APD would be pulled out. Would, you know, um, this potential city manager position just be over APD? And now that he has not taken it, taken this job, is the position just going to go away? Um, and then I believe that... I, that you know opens it up to more questions of, um, okay, if this position was specifically created for him, like are we gonna fill it with another person now, or does it just go away with him as well? Yeah, because it, it was about well, it was what two hundred and seventy one hundred thousand dollars that was uh, or sorry two hundred seventy one thousand dollars that was allocated for the position. Yeah. But again, we don't have the details. Was that a was that for a year long? Was it a year long contract or, or you know, I mean, interim city manager Garza won't be here this time next year mm-hmm. um, if we're going by the council's you know, timeline on hiring someone new. And so it's a lot of questions about the nature of that. Con- we, we, got, you know, we got the headline, right? It was Artis Abedo enough draws headlines. And we got the amount he was, gonna get, he was going to get paid was the headline of itself. The details of what that allocation was, we may never know because it doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore. But you're right. And I think that... Several some council members I forgot who who exactly, but I'd seen had you know just given the amount of the the discussions around APD, the police contract, everything else. You know they view may have warrant may warrant still warrant someone to directly focus on APD. Currently, that's assistant team well assistant team manager Bruce Mills, whose purview includes all public safety departments. But of the three, police, fire, and EMS. APD tends to be probably might just hesitate its own person. Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of a lot of things going on there, um, and it, it may may necessitate that, and they may, that may have been the motivation behind that hire. Uh, but I also think optics wise, just given um, how this was perceived, I think especially by women. Um, we we have a majority. We've had a majority female council since the inception of Ten One. Yeah, and I, this. Um, we have one of, you know, the first time for one of the first positions filled by a woman of color, the police chief. Mm-hmm. Um, she's only been in that position for, you know, less than six months. And then immediately putting a man over her who kind of very clearly and um, according to the courts did in fact fumble a lot of, you know, sexual assault cases that were predominantly women for the most part. I think it was just, you know, um, optics wise, it wasn't good. I think, you know, the... Um, the messaging could have been done better potentially, um, and you know I think kudos to Acevedo for for knowing to 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 step away for this this moment in time and let 
let what what needs to happen in the city happen and some healing happen I think as well because it's only been two years that's that's not that much time unfortunately um and so I think that you know it was handled as best as it could be but still the optics are going to be a lot to recover from yeah we'll see um if any you know we've been monitoring the council message board but uh I don't know how many discussions around this, the post-morb on this, and maybe the broader implications on the council city manager relationship, whether with Garza or the future person in this role are going to you know, be, be, be aired publicly. I think a lot's been said about around this potential hire of Acevedo and what didn't occur. And so, but it does raise a point, we're, we're jumping ahead in our, on our agenda a little bit, but around the city manager's search and also just the, you know, the city manager role itself right so for those who are unaware uh austin right city of austin right now is in the middle of a city manager search uh, that job application will close on february 12th it's been open for about two weeks now um, and then from there we'll have time uncertain but ideally i think on the longest and longest stretch having someone selected by september 1st after the budget cycle uh, to assume that role, most likely, you know, they'd start first day would probably be January 25, just given the, the year, the calendar, the ca- given the year. Um, and, you know, thinking about, okay, well, what is the relationship between the city manager and the city? What for to have an effective city council, rather, to have an effective city running of a city? I think what we saw here, and just a good example of the city manager, any city manager, in Austin doesn't need to really seek council's gui- guidance on anything under their, under his or her purview, including hiring or fire, firing people subordinates, mm-hmm. right? And that's everyone, actually it's everyone who works in the city is under the city manager. Yes. Um, that being said, there's, there's, there's what is, and there's thing, or there's what is, and there's what is. And as with a company, or, you know, a private company or nonprofit board, the best ones, there is a, a working relationship and alignment and trust between the that you know that body advisory body governing body and the manager operator leader who's doing the day to day work. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think this this whole um, Acevedo incident, I guess, is what we can call it, um, really you know revealed to us that relationship with council. Like they've been very aligned. We haven't really seen them ever. Um, publicly come out and say I do not like this decision that the city interim city manager made they've you know he and he's made some tough decisions throughout his tenure over over the course of a year he's had to make a lot of tough decisions related to you know um, weatherization and um, public safety among other things as well as hires too Um, and so this was the first time where we really saw that relationship kind of flip and I think it's it just goes to show that that you know this council isn't just like a, a yes man they're not they're not just like cool with whatever the city mm-hmm. manager's doing they're gonna step up when they need to um, but it's definitely interesting to see um, for the first time with this particular city manager the council members say no you're not gonna do that we don't like that you did that um, and so I think uh, going forward um, we'll we'll definitely see them continue to. Um, act in the best interest, act in what they believe is the best interest of their constituents. But um, uh, it's definitely interesting to see what they choose to say anything on. Yeah, and again, I think there's this rose to the level of of, of needing to say something, right? And there are like there are probably if, if, there's a hundred different decisions that they, that are made in the day to day that they could weigh in on, but it's just there's only so many things, so much capital you can expend on something, and 
energy to spend on something, yeah. right? Um, but I think it goes to a point for, for those who would seek to fill the permanent role of city manager, understanding the dynamics of council. And again, it's not, I mean, it is a political job. You're not elected, but it's a political job. I don't think there's a way around that. Same way a super school board superintendent is, or even in the private sector CEO, there's politics involved. And there's, I think, being able to both lead and be the you know be leader of you know the city of Austin's thousands of employees and what their interests are and balancing that with the need the needs and desires of your your board your the council and the needs of their constituents like it's a nuance that, I mean it's high it's 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 very nuanced right but it's it's a who you'd ultimately serve right you have your employees your people you're working for but you know they're also ta- the taxpayer ultimately is the is funding all this. But it's recognizing that and that balancing act of of hearing counsel, taking guide, seeking guidance from counsel when needed, but also having the ability to lead and you know you have your own judgment on, on items and and being, being willing also to stand up for it when you feel you made the right decision, yeah. even if it's counter what counsel wants. Which you know again you counsel is beholden to the elect the um, the vote the electorate. The city manager is beholden to council to a degree, and they serve the pleasure of council. But they have to, you know, as a, to be a, to be a leader, they have to have leeway to make decisions they need to make. Yeah, and for whoever you know wants this the job of city manager, um, you know, read read some history, read read a little bit of the the, the statesman and Austin Monitor, and see you know who maybe you don't want to hire that first week, or who maybe you do want to bring in, and and maybe get an idea of you know. What could potentially get you fired? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, there's there's just some missteps. I think you know you you can make whenever you're um, you're trying to manage a whole city that you might not necessarily see every single thing. Um, and whoever's coming in has a very big shoes to fill, um, just with the magnitude of the city and everything mm-hmm. that's going on. So yeah, I hope they they do their research and understand what they're getting into because Austin's a very very fun place. With a lot of characters mm-hmm. and a lot of opportunity for the right person to come in and guide us through hopefully this the rest of this decade and then the next. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> we, we need a city manager for longer than two years. Yes. Uh, continuing on, we also had news on the mayoral race front. We had a new. Well, we talked about last week. We had the entrance of, of former city council member Kathy Tobo of District Nine, and then most more recently this week, we have the announcement of Carmen Yanez, who is the Yanez, who is the executive director of GAVA, um, an East Austin activist group, uh, who announced, I believe, on Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday. So thoughts on that, Hannah? Yeah, I think this is um, definitely really interesting. She's always been um, in and around. We've seen her do some stuff related to childcare as well as some advocacy related to housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Um, I'm interested to see um, who will support her. She's she's extremely smart and um, also on that land use thing. Mm-hmm. I think she definitely could potentially align with Kathy Tovo. So definitely going to be interested to see where, uh, you know, how they will split that electorate. Um, you know, we saw, um, I think, uh, Gava Go Austin. Uh, go, go Austin. Austin Bombos Austin. Austin. There we go. Okay. Um, we saw Gava come out against home, mm-hmm. um, which was something that our current mayor um, voted in support for. Um, I believe Kathy Tova would also likely be against home. Uh, I don't think she's publicly said anything about it, but that just is in line with what she's p- voted for. Um, and so it'll definitely be interesting to see, you know, who who they'll they'll get. They've both been in and around Austin for a while. Um, they're both extremely strong women. 
and so um, definitely um, interested to see how that'll break down and what their their campaign platforms will end up looking like closer to November. Yes, you know, Carmen was a uh, LBJ Science Academy grad. I think he's a year below me and very, very sharp. And I think with Kelis Mabertovo as well, two very, again, you know, love or hate him, but they're both, I think anyone who's observed them, either Councilmember or former Councilmember Tobo from the dais are, are seeing Carmen or active Carmen. They're both very sharp women, very technical women and, um, and know their stuff. And if you're speaking, debating them, you really be very prepared. No, I, I always like tell people, like I learned a lot from them when I was an undergrad, just watching those city council meetings. Um, you know, especially Kathy Tovo. Um, I remember watching her, um, pull some, very, very clever things on the dais, um, as well as just hearing Carmen speak as and, and what she's done with uh, GAVA mm-hmm. as well. So the, the city's got some some pretty good candidates so mm-hmm. far. And we do expect, because we've been at, clients have been asking us about this, we do expect Mayor Watson to file officially um, at, at some point in the, in the near term or this quarter. Um, he has said in news interviews that he plans to run for election. Um, but he himself, when he gets fully in the race, will be a formidable, formidable opponent as well, veteran politician again. And for those who don't know, he was also mayor of Austin from 1997 to 2001 before he moved to the Texas Senate, uh, where he was most recently up until uh, right before the pandemic. And I think another thing to note, this is... Oh, sorry. And also very sharp. Very, very sharp. Yeah, he's so sharp. Um, uh, what was I gonna... It's also important to note, he hasn't had any major missteps or fumbles. I think, you know, every little thing that might have happened that hit the constituency he's gotten mad at or it had some hostility towards, uh, he's addressed it. And they, I think the constituency been like, okay, I get it. It's essentially kind of their response. And so uh, I think there's it's going to be relatively hard to campaign against him because there's, there's very few things I think you can really poke holes in. And... Um, you know, we've been seeing that the there's overwhelming support for land use changes, which I, I do believe could potentially be a, a core of uh, both Tovo and uh, Yanez's uh, platform. So definitely interesting to see what they if they do choose to attack him or if they're just going to run a clean campaign on, on what they're doing mm-hmm. um, and how that'll, that'll flesh out. It remains to be seen. I do think the land use parts probably, you know, even if he wasn't the main driver, no, it was, again, it was Leslie Councilmember Pool was the main driver of some significant legislation on land use. It was, in a sense, like, you know, you're his leadership, you're the mayor, it's your, it's seen as your council under your watch. Um, I view that as being probably the biggest uh, position point for both of them is around land use um, right now. And I do agree, and I agree on owning issues, right? I mean, look at even, the, you know, with hiring Ross Aveda, I mean, it was him, he supported C. Manager Garza, interim C. Manager Garza as a Leslie Pool, but you haven't seen him really backtrack on a lot of him. And he's stated why he did things, um, and I think it's timely as possible. But ultimately, right, it wasn't you, – you just haven't seen a lot of backtracking from him. He's explained it and stood by his decisions, and, you know, can love him or hate him for it, but that it's a lot more certainty on that kind of thing. So turning now to uh, with next week, councils back in session for their second meeting of the year. They'll have a work session on the 30th, and then we're into February with regular meeting on the 1st. Of mm-hmm. So we'll have the council agenda has already been posted. We'll have that in the show notes. We'll have, we'll have, it, we'll have that in our week ahead post in the show notes. Um, but any thoughts? Just, uh, man, we're almost done with January. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a shorter agenda uh, for that regular meeting. 
but we do have um, the approval of the police pay and benefits. That's item 23. And then item 26 will be um, approving a resolution for the ETODs, also known as equitable transit oriented districts. And so that'll just allow for more density along Project Connect Phase 1 uh, light rail. That's the plan. Lovely. Um, so big, big stuff coming. It'll be another busy week. Hopefully less drama and we just get to break down some, some technical land use stuff next week. We'll see. It's 409 right now. So there's still some time for some press releases to come out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, knock, knocking on wood. Knock on wood. Uh, well, y'all, this is the, this is the BG podcast. I'm AJ and, and Hannah's our associate, associate with the firm. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.